This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. I'm sure that the Niners have put in packages all week to put a spy on Daniel Jones. They have to know about RPOs that Jones does. You had to look at the second half of that game last week. The Giants have had a very up-and-down season and a very unpredictable season. The, the way, not that they lost to the Cowboys, but the way they lost to the Cowboys, the way they looked against the Cardinals in the first half and then how they looked in the second half. So if they want to continue that on, uh, pulling off a win against the Niners on a short week without uh, Barkley and without Andrew Thomas, that would certainly... As shocking as they've been so far, that would be the biggest shock. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. It's time to know your opponent. We head out to San Francisco. That's where the Giants will meet the San Francisco 49ers in Thursday Night Football. And we bring in Josh Dubal. Dubal, yes, he is the Niners beat reporter for the Associated Press. Josh, Larry Hardesty, and Gordon Damer in the Big Apple. How are you, my friend? Good, thanks. How are you guys tonight? We're doing great. Josh, give us a give us a weather forecast. I guess with this, I noticed there's been some issues about air quality out there with the fires in the nearby area. Uh, there was some thought that possibly the game might have to be canceled or, or relocated. Uh, what's the latest? It's definitely it's definitely smoky. Um, it's not anywhere near the threshold of where they won't play, um, but it's you know it definitely could be a factor. Um, again, you know they've, they've uh, between the Raiders and when they were out here and the Niners here, they've played in, in, in conditions like this a couple times over the over the last few years. It, um, and, and the colleges have too. Um, it's not quite at the at the level where where, where they're really concerned about having to move the game or postpone the game. Josh, I'm going to make you Brian Dable. I know it's only two games into the season, but it's hard for the Niners to look to more impressive than they have been so far. Uh, where's the weakness on this team? <laughs> uh, they look good. Um, I, I would say, you know, I think, you know, I, I think defensively, defensively they were great against Pittsburgh. I don't know how much that was Pittsburgh being bad. You know, Matthew Stafford did pick them apart a little bit in the first half, especially. And, you know, it was a couple unfortunate bounces hurt the Rams um, in that game. You know, they were they were moving again in the third quarter and deflected pass and intercepted, and the game sort of got out of the Rams' way from there. So, you know, I think the the secondary is a little bit of a question. They're a little banged up at, at cornerback. Um, so, you know, I guess that's a spot you can maybe take advantage of. Um, you know, the interior passers have been good. You know, I think the pass rush last week is. You know, Stafford's going to the ball real quick. They're getting some pressure, but they weren't able to bring it down. I think they, they think they'll be able to do a lot better job of that against Daniel Jones, who holds the ball a lot longer than Stafford does. Um, you know, offensively, they've, they've looked very good. You know, Purdy missed deep balls last week, but McCaffrey's playing great. Um, you know, you can thank that he might, you know, whether he plays is a question. Um, but, you know, Samuel's been looking really good. Um, you know, I think the the one concern if I were the Niners going to this game is definitely the offensive line outside of Trent Williams. Um, yeah, you know, Aaron Banks is, is pretty solid at the left guard, but the you know, the right side has definitely got some questions. Uh, T.J. Watt really uh, took it to Colton McKivitz in the opener, and Spencer Burford at right guard has, has struggled a little bit in pass protection. Um, you know, Giants obviously are pretty strong on the interior, so I think, I think that would be the way. If the Giants are going to slow, slow the Niners down, it's going to be you know with their front line, especially against the, the right side of the Niners line. 
That's interesting, Josh, because the, the right side of the Giants line is not much to write home about either. So it could no. be interesting. <laughs> yeah. It could be interesting. Yeah, I think uh, Nick Bosa was, was pretty excited after uh, Stafford got rid of the ball so fast and Bosa couldn't get, get his first sack of the year. I think he was uh, definitely looking forward to, to facing uh, a Giants. He, you know, he watched uh, what the Cowboys did to that line. He, he was definitely uh, looking at chops a little bit about, about what he can maybe do this week. So – Josh, that that leads me to my next question. What's going on with Nick Bosa? Like no sacks this year, going back to last season, none in the postseason. Is it just one of these things that coaches tell us that sacks come in bunches, or is there something that you're seeing? Yeah, I that, wouldn't. Uh, it's not you know, I, you know, something going on. No, yeah, obviously he yelled out. He wasn't. You know, I think the his snap count was a little lower in week one. You know, than it normally is. Um, and they, you know, Stafford was doing a really good job getting the ball fast last week. Um, you know, but Bosa's getting some pressure. He's he, he's doing he's doing good things. I I wouldn't worry. Uh, I wouldn't worry about that. Um, you know, about, about the sacks for him, they'll come. Um, you know, and you know, whether it's this week or or soon, I think I think those will start coming pretty soon. Uh, Brock Purdy had the uh, the elbow surgery in the off season. I thought maybe there would be a little bit of a carryover going into the season. Has there been any carryover? Because he's uh, you know from afar he's looked pretty sharp. Yeah, he's basically been the same Brock Purdy, um, you know, which is you know lets that offense very efficiently and you know they score thirty plus every time he plays in the top end. Other than you know the Cowboys held him down a little bit in the playoff game last year and the one Thursday game against the Seahawks. When he was playing with broken ribs last year, they only scored 21. But other than that, every other game, and obviously the game where he hurt his elbow, but the other games, it's all been 30 plus points. Um, you know, he's not. You know, he's interesting. He definitely is. You know, he's not at the elite level of quarterback play, but you know, on this offense, he does enough and runs the offense the way Kyle Shanahan wants, and they've got so many good players around him that uh, this offense is tough to stop. But you know, he's doing what he's supposed to do, and you know, and he's been doing that with them. Josh Dubow is our guest. It's Know Your Opponent on Inside on uh, ESPN's New York Tonight on 98.7 ESPN. Josh, I got to tell you, uh, this running back situation is interesting, obviously, with you guys and, and putting Debo Samuels back there sometimes. There's got to be a matchup nightmare. How how has uh, Shanahan made this work so nicely over the past couple seasons? You know, you know, definitely since we've got McCaffrey, Debo lining up back there, you know, happens a little bit less. You know, they will sometimes do that and, and move McCaffrey out wide, um, you know, and just sort of do things to fool, fool them. But they're not using Debo quite the way they used as a running back at the end of that 2021 season when they, didn't, when they were running out of healthy running backs. You know, McCaffrey definitely is the, the engine of that running game, and he's playing you know, as well as he's played, um, you know, back to those great years in Carolina. He's he's really changed this offense. This offense has, has gone to a new level since he got here last year. Um, and, you know, Debo is definitely much better. You know, Debo is pretty critical of himself last year. Um, he admitted he came to camp out of shape. He had the whole contract dispute in the offseason and never sort of really hit his stride. And, you know, he vowed to be different this year. You know, he's off to a very good side. looks much more explosive. Looks like a lot more like the Debo from 2021. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they're going to be able to do this year with that, you know, with, uh, you know, with that kind of Debo and McCaffrey all season. I think there could be some interesting things going on. Uh, how about uh, Ayuk? I know you said he was questionable for this game because uh, was it a shoulder injury? Uh, he, shoulder, he had kind yeah, of a breakout year last year, and it certainly looks sharp so far this season. What's what, what do you think the chances are? He yeah, plays? he was. You know, he was definitely. Um, you know, he, he was probably their best third throughout all training camp. He was. He was. Just, you know, just from the start, just from the day he arrived, 
even in offseason program, he, he seems to be taking it to a different level. He was great in week one. You know, eight catches, eight targets, eight catches, eight first downs, two touchdowns. Um, Pittsburgh, you know, didn't really have an answer for him. Yeah, you know, he got he hurt his shoulder um, on his first cast last week, and he stayed in the game, but coming out a little bit. Um, you know, I think it's going to be. I don't think he's going to get the full Brandon Ayuk this week if he does play. You know, with a short rest and dealing with a short shoulder, I think the offense maybe is going to be going more to Kittle and Debo and McCaffrey, and um, you know, I guess Juwan Jennings is the third receiver, maybe you know, could get a little more more playing time. I don't I don't feel quite see the the Brandon Ayuk that uh, the Pittsburgh has to deal with week one. This week, mm-hmm. I think the injury might you know, might slow him down a little bit. Josh, through your reporting, what what is the the challenge for the Niners to prepare for a Giants team that they don't see very often, coming off a coming off a short week and and a team that's had you know they were totally blown out by Dallas, struggled the first half from Arizona, then came back and played brilliantly the second half. I mean, what giant team are they expecting? <laughs> well, they're expecting the team from the second half. Um, you know, I think uh, their big concern, you know, especially defensively, their big concern. Um, Everyone talking yesterday was you know, they've struggled at times dealing with mobile quarterbacks, and you know, Daniel Jones can, you know, that's something obviously you can do, um, whether it's read option or whether it's scramble or things like that. They've definitely, you know, it's definitely been like one of the one of the common issues probably over the last four or five years of the Niners defense. You know, that they've been very good every year, but you know, running quarterbacks have a, you know, you know, their worst two games last year probably a lot of Mahomes. Their worst two games were against Marcus Mariota and Jared Siddham, who who ran and scrambled and did things like that, you know, and created, um, and those are not great, you know, we're not talking about great quarterbacks there and they, they kind of struggled with that. Um, so, you know, they're very concerned and very cognizant of what the Angel Jones could do with his feet. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether they, you know, they had a new coordinator, got Steve Wilkes in instead of Nico Ryan, whether Steve Wilkes has different wrinkles that will maybe uh, make dealing with a mobile quarterback help them deal with the mobile quarterback a little better than they have. But that's definitely been a concern of theirs in the past, been a problem of theirs in the past, and it's definitely a concern of theirs yesterday as you know, they were getting ready for this game. Yeah, you talk about the, the change of coordinate. I kind of forgot about that, uh, D'Amico Ryan's out, Steve Wilkes in. Has he changed anything? Because, you know, sometimes you see a new coordinator, especially a guy who comes from outside the building. There's a little transition period trying to get used to things, uh, at least so far. Again, it's only two games, but it doesn't seem like there's been any transition period at all. Yeah, they, Kyle Shanahan was pretty adamant when he was looking for a new coordinator. He wanted to bring a guy who was going to run the team, keep everything the same. You know, all the other position coaches, or most of the other position coaches, are still there. Um, they didn't want to. They were not looking to fix this defense. They, they liked what this defense did. So basically, Steve Wilkes spent the first couple months of the offseason learning the defense himself, um, and he's you know he's putting a little bit of his spin in on it. I think he's he's probably going to blitz a little bit more often. He did the second half last week. A little more likely to blitz probably needs pressure than um, than Demico Ryan. He's yeah he's a defensive back coach, cornerbacks is his specialty. You know you know some subtle changes in sort of the technique and how they go about coverage. Um, you know something a little different, but basically it's the same bones of this defense, the same structure of the defense that's been so successful the last few years. With maybe just a little more pressure dialed up and a little more a little more press man, a little more pressure. Um, at certain times when they need it. Um, you know, they did that a little bit last week. We'll see if they do more this week. Josh, I got to tell you, uh, backup quarterbacks normally don't get a lot of news-making situations, but your situation out there has been interesting. Okay, uh, <laughs> you know, Trey Lance gets traded, and the former Jet Sam Darnold comes in, and, you know, Jet fans are like, why, why would Shanahan want Sam Darnold? Give us some backstory on, on Trey Lance heading to Dallas and Sam Darnold coming in on, on the staff. 
a guy I really like you know, Donald coming out. Um, you know, they were scouting that quarterback class in 2018 pretty heavily. You know, they started that first season under Shannon in 2017, 0-9, and Brian Hoyer at quarterback. So they were looking to get a quarterback in that draft and it started the scouting process and then they ended up with the Garoppolo trade. And Jimmy was his last five starts to get him the big contract, so they ended up not looking to draft a quarterback in that draft. Um, but, you know, Kyle likes, uh, likes him, Darnold coming out. Um, and, you know, he's his grade has been over the top of Darnold. He's compared to this, could be like the bottom of this Steve Young and things like that. It's, you know, a little excessive, I think. But, um, yeah, they really liked him. Um, and, you know, they saw a big difference. I, mean, I didn't see a huge gap between Darnold and Lance and training camp practices and things like that. Uh, they did. Um, and, you know, I think at that point it was, okay, we trust – we trust Donald to do what we want to do better and didn't make any sense to keep, I don't think Lance wanted to stay as the third stringer and it didn't really make a lot of sense. And like they were, you know, happy to help him. You know, like he, he wanted out and I think, mm. you know, they were happy to, to you know, make that happen and just get rid of it. You know, any distraction or whatever could happen. And, and, and they like Brandon Allen as a third stringer too. Um, mm. So that, you know, they were comfortable with their third quarterback. Um, but no, the, uh, Shanahan really likes, he really likes Darnold. Um, you know, I'm still skeptical about the Darnold have to go in whether, you know, you're going to see a much different Sam Darnold than you saw, um, with, with the Jets in Carolina, but you know, obviously he's, a, he's in a better situation than he was in those two spots, but whether he can, you know, be the quarterback of the park coming out, I still, I still have my doubts about that, but you know, the Niners, the Niners really like him. It's going to be interesting. I'll say that. Josh Dubow does a great job covering the Niners for the Associated Press. By the way, Josh, Dennis Wazak says hi. Oh, Dennis is the best. He's the greatest. So. Yeah, thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. Uh, yeah. Enjoy thanks, the Josh. game tomorrow. Yeah, yeah no problem. Right, no problem. Care. Talk to you later. Thanks. All right, bye-bye. Gordon, help me out. <laughs> what, what? Why do coaches make these comparisons? Oh, I mean, I don't know. Zach Wilson, though, Mahomes, right. Donald, so Steve Young? I, I will say this. Like, <laughs> oh, as bad as it feels oh right now with yes. the Jets and the quarterback situation with Rodgers Hurt and Zach Wilson every single day, could you imagine a scenario where Brock Purdy gets hurt, he's coming off elbow surgery, doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, right? and Sam Darnold were to get in there, surrounded mm-hmm. by all those weapons, and he looked really good. Oh, my God, Larry, the revisionist history. <laughs> That would be going on on this station would be it would make you a head spin. I always knew Sam Darnold was good. I always knew they shouldn't have got rid of him. He didn't have the weapons. He didn't have the weapons. Now he's got the weapons. It it would not. Oh. And there's one and there's two words that would solve the situation, and bring everybody back to reality. Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> well, that's a big difference. Well, I, and that would be a bad look for the Jets because part of it is talent, and I don't think that Sam had the greatest talent. Certainly not the talent he's got with the Niners. No, didn't have the greatest talent in the world. Uh, but there is something to be said for situation, and it's not a great situation with the Jets. It hasn't been a good situation since Sam left. Hmm. You know, I mean, let's face it. He went to Carolina. He wasn't great there either. No, he was not. I don't. I don't. I don't uh, think that that one. I, I think that. He is who he is. Maybe he'd be a little bit better, surrounded with better talent. But yeah, and better coaching. Yeah, and, better I, coaching. and to be honest, if he's not good there, then he's not good anywhere. No, that's for sure. <laughs> that's for sure. 
This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. When you've got a guy like Nick Bosa Mm -hmm. who hasn't had any sacks this year, Mm -hmm. who didn't have any in the postseason, Mm -hmm. from what I'm seeing, and he says... The Giants are struggling with the offensive line. He He's, you know, Josh indicates he's, quote, uh, not looking forward, but, you know, that's I'll, I'll rephrase it. I'll say looking forward. That's not what he said. But looking forward to, I mean, this is a, this is a tough situation. They better, they better be double teaming that guy because he's looking to make, to make a statement to get back on track tomorrow night. Well, Daniel Jones has been sacked 10 times this year. He better be running. I'm sure he will be. You can't run away from him every time, though. That's the problem. I know. I know. It's got to be moving. Mm -hmm. It's got to be moving. Man, this is going to be. But it it is interesting because, Gordon, when you look at the Niners, you don't think that they have an issue with their offensive line because they just march up and down the field. It does feel that way. I mean, they just have so many stars. They have stars at at fullback. They have a star pass rusher. They have two really star receivers. They got a great tight end. I mean, we didn't even mention Kittle to to Josh. No, didn't even think about it. (laughs) You didn't know? even think about it. Because what do you say? Uh, you exactly. know everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know? He he is the best tight end this side of Kelsey. He he's probably the best all around tight end in terms mm-hmm. of blocking and everything yes. else, but he's yep. he's an absolute monster. I don't know that he's having that great of a season so far this year, but mm-hmm. um I, you only have so many footballs, right? I mean, yeah, if, exactly. if this guy's catching if, if if CMC is running the ball and scoring yeah. touchdowns and Ayuk is is taking another step forward and Debo there's only so many passes you're going to complete. There's only so yeah. much offense you can have. Yeah. I mean, that's on a short week and I know the coaches always, we do some stuff, you know, during the week we split it up. So they split up Arizona and Frisco and then they put the other stuff together. But Gordon is a defensive coordinator. Like, what, what are you trying to take away <laughs> I don't from know. the Niners? Yeah. What are you trying? You got to take something away. I think what the head of the snake is away? McCaffrey. I don't know how yeah. you do that because he's not just running the ball. He's catching, catching the ball, it. too. Yeah. He's just such a weapon, and he's such a perfect weapon in that offense. But. I would think if you if you could take something off the board, that would be a nice one to take off the board. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, let's go to Mark in Newark. Mark, you're next on 98.7. What's going on, fellas? Hey, Mark. Hey. Okay, so, you know, I heard it all, as I usually do. And uh, I just want to give my take because I just can't keep holding it in. Or I might bust or something. But anyway, so here's what I saw. Uh, to begin with, let me start by saying, you know, there's uh, the Jets are one and one after two games. They have to play in the Bills and the Cowboys. Uh, I'm good with that. Uh, I would have liked to be two and zero, oh, but there's a lot of teams that's uh, one and one, and uh, not too many that are two and zero, oh, and uh, a few that are zero oh and two. So uh, I'm good with where we're at. What I noticed when I was watching the game. Oh, incidentally, I was watching the game in Baltimore. I took a little vacation, hanging out around the Ravens territory down in the harbor, and I was watching the mm-hmm. game over at Hooters. And right next to me was the Rams and the uh, 49ers, which was a good game, too. I got to watch both of the games at the same time. But what I got was this. All right, so having said we're one and one what I liked what I saw and what I didn't like, what I liked was – I didn't see Zach Wilson running backwards. Um, that was the first thing I noticed. Uh, along with that, 
uh, I I like how he stepped up on occasion, a couple of occasions, he stepped up in the pocket and he ran for a first down. He ran for another first down, and then he completed a touchdown from stepping up in the pocket like he's supposed to. So I really like that. I also like that missile that he laid on on uh, Wilson, Wilson to Wilson. I also like that window he put the ball in. That was pretty. Um, now, what I didn't like. All right, so I'll talk about how the Jets – the 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 coaching staff now in the in the second half you know this this guy Micah Parsons I mean I'm a Penn State for just as long as I'm a Jet uh, and Micah Parsons he's one of those guys he just is every now and then you run across one of those guys like Aaron Donald was that guy he he's that guy right now. And, uh, and the rest of their defense is pretty darn good as well. So for us to go into their house uh, on the prime game of 4 o'clock, well, one of them, and, uh, and it's Dallas, I mean, all of that, Jerry World, the first half, it, it, we started off sluggish on offense, but it, it was kind of, it was a slugfest. It was a slugfest. We, we, we were getting screen passed a lot and quick passed a lot. And so I thought that some defensive adjustments could have been made to look for those things. That that kind of disappointed me. But what what else about the coaching staff disappointed me was is that I remember watching Buffalo play Jacksonville in the playoffs. And I was telling my brother, you know, watch this with me, man. Let's watch this offensive line and see what they do against Bruce Smith and the going to Bills defense. Well, what I saw that many years ago was that Jacksonville decided we're not going to try to run away and avoid Bruce Smith from wrecking the game because he was wrecking every game. Him and Reggie White. You know, separately, of course, but the same result. And what they did was they ran the ball at him. Mm-hmm. And Tony Baselli became a household name. I don't even know if they're considering him for the Hall of Fame or not. But Tony Baselli became a star because he mollywhopped Bruce Smith the whole game. He was on the ground. Yep. I was like, look, look, he's on the ground again. Yep. Mark, so, I got to run him up against the break, but I hear what you're saying. And to sum it up, you're right. There were a couple of things that Zach Wilson did well, but the bottom line here is the defense didn't did not play the way they were supposed to play. And that's really what what Zach Wilson has his role in why the Jets lost that game. But for me, the number one culprit was the fact that they didn't defend and they didn't run the ball. And then you could will Zach Wilson in some other things. But those were the top two reasons for me, uh, Gordon. And and that's got to change this week. Otherwise, same thing's gonna happen. They're gonna lose. The defense and the coaching were so bad, they, they removed Zach Wilson really from the headline. Mm-hmm. Uh, he became a secondary story as a result of it. So uh, uh, I, there's no way around it. No. The defense has to come out this week and has to shut down the Patriots. Yeah. If you're going to talk big and bad, this is the game to do it. They're, yep. not, they're not loaded with weapons. Nope. They have a quarterback who's unproven. They have one back who's really nice. I think he's a nice player, Ramondre Stevenson. Outside of that, look, it's it's Devontae Parker. It's Hunter Henry. There's no reason. If the Jets are as good a defense as we think they are, there's no reason why they don't go out there and shut them down. And 
I will say this. I'll make a bet here that they have to run the ball more this week than they did last week. Well, that shouldn't, that shouldn't, take, <laughs> that shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be hard. <laughs> they they should be, be able to do that by halftime. You know who I'm concerned about if I'm the Jets this week on, on New England? Gasecki. But again, he's like he's okay. He's, okay. He makes some All nice right. acrobatic catches. He is an athletic freak. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing about the uh, Pelichek is he always seems to get more out of the guys that he's right. got. Whatever whatever their strengths are, he always does something to highlight those strengths. They always become part of the game. Yep. But again, what, what are we talking about? Zeke Elliott and Ramondre Stevenson, mm-hmm. and you, you got to be able to shut those guys down. It's at home. You've lost for them for seven years in a row. I know it's not these guys, but. I know. You do for a win. But I don't think Jeff fans are real confident right now. How could they be? Well, it's the quarterback. It's the quarterback going up against the great Belichick. The the defense could be outstanding. The running game could be really good, and you could still lose. You saw it twice last year. (laughs) You could still lose. You did. Giant fans are out of their minds. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. They don't really have a complex offense. You know, it's pretty simple for, like, the quarterback to get. The gap scheme, everything is really, like, simple, but it's like they excel at it. What they try to do is get other people to mess up and make mistakes. You know, they just do everything right. That's Sauce Gardner on what he's seeing from the New England offense right now. And I'll say this, Gordon, he's right about one thing. Very rarely. Do the Patriots beat themselves? Get back to the calls in a moment. Very rarely do they beat themselves. They don't turn the ball over. They usually execute very well. That's been the hallmark of Bill Belichick, uh, his tenure up in New England. Now I get, you know, the players aren't may not be as talented as the other ones, and so they have less of a margin for error. But, you know, they, they very rarely mess up, Gordon. So you have to be – but they will force you into turnovers and they will make you pay. Well, their defense is very good. Mm-hmm. So the, the, I, I think that their defense could cause problems. But again, the, the strength of the Jets team is their defense. And if you're telling me that in a home game, in a pretty, I'm not saying must win, because I don't know what the expectations are anymore for the Jets, but a pretty important, if, if you don't win this game, you're probably starting one and five. Mm-hmm. And you're going up against an offense that is led by Mac Jones and Ramondre Stevenson and and Devontae Parker and Kedrick Bourne and Juju Smith-Schuster, if you can't shut those guys down, you are not as good as you make it out to be. And 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 we all believe you to be. What happened to Juju Smith-Schuster? He's not the same guy that was at Pittsburgh. I thought last year when he went to Kansas City, Larry, I thought he was going to explode, right? He's, he's there with uh, the, the great Patrick Mahomes, and he was okay, but, yeah, didn't uh, didn't really click last year. Did didn't 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 live up to what I thought was going to happen. That's Absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. Eddie's in LA. Eddie, you're next on ninety eight seven. Larry, Larry Gordon, how y'all doing today? Hey Eddie. Hey, um listen, what I'm about to tell you is not to not to uh disparage you guys in any way. I'm just trying to state some facts. Okay. And this is how I felt and um about the bad calls that the Jets have been getting for years, and I'm happy I found this article. So now there's this article by Justin Fried and also an article by Costello from The Post, Mm -hmm. okay? And this is about 
the penalty by Franklin Myers. I, if you guys haven't read it, I would hope that you guys go and re- read it. So it says, Brian Costello of the New York Post reported on Wednesday that the NFL had told the Jets that, that the penalty should not have been called. It was a legal hit. Yeah, we mentioned that earlier. Yeah, we mentioned that in the open of the show. Yeah, we mentioned that earlier. Okay, okay. And then the other thing was, um, well, and then the other thing it's talking about since 2018. 2018. The Jets, since 2018, the Jets have been penalized a whopping 38 times for roughing, roughing the passer, while their opponents have only been penalized 15 times for the same call. That's not normal. Something is wrong here. Okay? But I also wanted to add really quickly, and I want to listen to you guys, and I want to let you guys know that this is the same guy, Eddie from Los Angeles. I listen to you guys almost every day, even though I don't call. But I, I wanted to, because I love to listen to you guys. And 90, 90% of the time, when I, what you guys' opinions are 90% of the time, you guys are right. But this time, you're wrong. Because you guys said that the Jets' defense didn't show up. No, the Jets' defense did show up. They made a lot of bad calls against the Jets. No, no, they and that's they, why that was the only the call. They gave up a touchdown in the opening drive. They didn't play well, Eddie. They didn't show up like they needed to show up. They look, was well. it a tall task? Absolutely. They didn't play well. They didn't play well. They didn't. No pressure on the quarterback. I love it. No adjustment. Energy. You know. I they feel like we, well. we, we, we took a little steam out of him, but when we mentioned that we already had mentioned the, the John Franklin Myers thing. Yeah, you know. He, was yeah. like, he felt like he had cracked a case. Yeah, he had us. I he got the us. evidence. No, we, yeah, we already us. mentioned the evidence. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Backup plan. At least he had a backup plan. He did have a backup plan. <laughs> At least. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm sure some of those 38 calls that he's talking about, if you go back and watch them, it, it, Every team has those. That that it seems like that that, that they was do. a questionable call, roughing the passer. It's yeah. become ridiculous. These things even out. You know. And hopefully, you get one. You get one of. I, I, and look, I mentioned it earlier. If you're if you're the NFL, you go to John Franklin Myers and you mm-hmm. give him a special card. Yep. That says we called one on you that was not a real penalty. Mm-hmm. This next time you get one called on you, if it is a real, pe- you you break out this card. Yep, it's like a PBA card. You break this card out. You're good, and you get out of one. That's it. That's it. It's the only fair thing to do. There's no question, and it should have been done. Something similar to that, although no, that's that's a pie in the sky situation. They'll never do that because you know, it's an offensive league. But uh, you know, listen, some of it, some of it that the Jets have had, unfortunately for them, it's not being disciplined. You know, some of it is. Some of it, Gordon, is, you know, and you said it. How do you expect a guy to stop? <laughs> it's very you hard, know? right? Especially yeah, when you're how? tackling the guy and you're coming down. Oh, you came down with all – where is he supposed to go? Is he supposed yeah. to levitate? <laughs> what are you supposed to do? You know, I mean, especially a running quarterback. Okay, if I don't bring him down and he gets extra yardage, what? What am I supposed to do then? Yeah, the guys slide at the very last second, yes. and yep. you're traveling at your top rate of speed and have to hit him as hard as you possibly can, and then the target you're you're aiming at, which Just was drop. his midsection or his shoulder, all of a sudden now is his head, and now you're getting the penalty. Yeah, 
I mean, you know, they got to do a better job of trying to figure that stuff out. Well, they don't have to, but they no, should. They, they won't. Yeah, I know they won't, <laughs> they but they won't. should do a better job. They really sure. should. Because, it, 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 you know, it's you're going to get some defenders hurt trying to stop hurting the quarterback. It's impossible get hurt. to stop. Yeah, it's you impossible to it. stop. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. You're dead! This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. All right, let's head back to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Hey, what's going on, guys? You opened the call. It was very interesting. You said Daniel Jones was the best player on the field. He wasn't totally wrong, though. I mean... If only Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittles don't play, he's right. He's spot on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it was good to hear from my big bro, Mark, too, man. You know, I was worried about him, man. Ever since that call a couple of weeks ago, when he predicted the Jets were going 6-0, and he told you that the, the Jets' offensive line was a – Problems with media creation. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I love the calls, man. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. On a slightly more serious note, though, all these younger quarterbacks struggling. Zach Wilson, I mean, my guy, Justin Fields, I mean, it looks really bad for him out there. Yeah. You know, all I would say is if Andy Reid could not start Pat Mahomes until week 16, yeah. You think some of these other coaches would say, you know what? Let me look at that blueprint. Mm, <laughs> no, true. these guys are just rolling these guys out here. Bryce Young, ankle hurt already. <laughs> Anthony Richardson, concussion. I mean, yeah. it's 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 crazy, man. I mean, a lot of these coaches, you really wonder what the heck is going on in their mind, man. You really do, man. You know, um, as far as the Jets and who they need to be worried about, I mean, I remember you said Gesicki there, Unc. Uh, if I'm the Jets, I would be a little bit more worried about Matthew Judon because he seems like the kind of guy who likes to hurt Zach Wilson. I think he's done it once or twice before. And, uh, listen, the Jets got about three weeks to win one game. I'm not even trying to pressurize them. They got three weeks to win one game. They either got to win this Patriots game or they either got to win the Denver game. They don't win one of those two games. Then I'm like Papa Large. Poo, I'm on to the NBA season. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Go Sixers. Those sixes. Listen, we just signed Kelly Oubre. I mean, I don't know what color his hair's going to be, but I'll tell you this much. I know he's a little bit more aggressive than Tobias Harris. He can shoot it. You know, and oh, listen, I'll tell you another thing. Yeah. If you want to, you know, escape from the New York football and where it's sort of trending to be, uh-huh. Uh-huh. pop on that NBA TV tonight. They got on that 1992 Game 2 Finals, you know, one of the few times Jordan lost a Finals game. I know that'll make you happy. And, uh, you know, Jerome Kersey had a very big game. You know, and rest in peace. I had forgotten for a while that he had passed away, like an untimely death, very young guy, you know, mm. with the blood clot thing and everything like that. Yeah, that's right. But he had that's a right. big game. And, you know, a lot of times when I always hear about how, you know, the NBA is this and, you know, the youth of the league, uh, these are the greatest players, I remember him and Terry Porter mm-hmm. in their later years playing big roles on other NBA teams yep. that had a lot of youth. So, yep. you know, it, it just goes to show, I mean, I love young people. I love them. I mean, I'm not saying I don't. They're very good. But we we always, often forget how good some of these older veterans were, especially when they didn't win a championship, and mm-hmm. especially when they went up against greats 
like Jordan and, and, and Magic and other people. I mean, look at big shot Bob Ory. Yeah. I mean, how many championships did he win? And he was never really like the greatest player, but nope. that that guile and that, that experience, I mean, that takes you a long way in sports. It really does, Buddha. You're right. Thanks for the phone call. I mean, Robert Ory, Gordon, is going to go down as one of the top winners in the NBA. Oh, no question. Multiple teams. Big shots late big, in games. Big shot just, Bob. Just, oh, Absolutely. Unbelievable. He's a great player. He was a great player. Jose's in Brooklyn. What's up, Jose? Hey, good evening, Larry Gordon. Shout out to the company. Definitely wanted to chime in because, you know, I was hearing some of your earlier callers, <laughs> as, as mentioned before, and I started laughing because, you know, I guess, you know, some, some people may only listen during the football season or they're kind of new to it. So I just, you know, I'm not going to – I'm going to give them a little bit of a break. But, you know, when people act, you know, like why didn't anybody blame the management of the Jets or whatever the case may be, like – Larry, if I'm not mistaken, you we, we you've been fielding calls on people warning, you know, trying to warn Jet management about Zach Wilson before he was drafted. If I'm not mistaken, not even a question. Correct? Not even a question. <laughs> one of them from the guy who just hung up. <laughs> one, that was one. Exactly. That was one right off the bat. <laughs> exactly. So the thing is, so you know, when so uh, you know, I know New York fan bases have like a you know, perception of being delusional. Because sometimes we can be, you know, when we're very passionate about our sports teams and everything else that goes along with it. But, you know, we're also known for being very intelligent and because of the fact that we do watch a lot of different sports. And we kind of saw, you know, what was happening in the college football scene and we kind of weren't buying the hype because it kind of felt like it was Mitchell Trubisky all over again. And we didn't want we didn't want any part of that. So that's that 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 you know. So that's why you know we 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 are like this as Jet fans. Now, as far as you know, my bigger main point, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I hope that you know we do start talking about the Liberty a little bit more as they make a deeper run. They're mm-hmm. in the second round now. And boy, I, I was just talking about it with Joe Leo. I'm like, we're, we're thinking about actually going. Uh, I'm thinking about going to get get go, going to a game because they've been pretty much lights out, and I would like to support support them and see if they could pull it out. It would be nice, Jose. Thanks for the phone call. It would be nice to have a winner in this town. That's all I'm saying, Gordon. It'd be nice to have a champion. Yeah, it'd be nice to have a. You know, trip either the Canyon, the Heroes, or mm-hmm. you know, down Atlantic Avenue, wherever the Liberty want to go. Mm-hmm. And it, and it's an actual New York team. Yes. Like sometimes we we steal teams that are nowhere close. To, like when Syracuse used to have their <laughs> Syracuse nowhere close, man. <laughs> or UConn. UConn's nowhere close. I know. This is an actual New York team, so that's great. If it they so are funny. able to pull it off, it's so funny. Syracuse will put banners up in the Garden of Big East. New York's hometown team and St. Yeah. John's is like, excuse me, excuse hello, <laughs> we are in Queens. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what are you and, talking and, about? And and just to get back to the conversation about like Zach Wilson, you were t- somebody was saying about Justin Fields. Yes, I don't know whether or not if Zach Wilson had ended up in a different situation, he would ever have been good. I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, he I don't think he could have been much worse than he's been here. I feel fairly confident that Justin Fields could have been a whole lot better than what he is. I agree. Like, I think a lot of these quarterbacks are like lumps of clay. Yeah. And you have to have somebody behind. Now, they're part of it, too. But mm-hmm. you have to have a real 
program to develop these Coach guys. Coach them up. Got to be coached up. It's hard to imagine an organization getting less out of a guy who was drafted 10th, I think it was, or 11th, with the skills that he has. And right now, it feels even worse because the, the plan that they have put in place, it's really trying to stick a round peg into a square hole. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, right. it's not taking what his abilities are no. and highlighting him. It's just, it's just making the situation unwinnable. Everybody is not supposed to come into the NFL and start right away. Everybody isn't. I get the whole idea. We got to start the clock. It's financial. I understand. But everybody's not ready mentally, physically to prepare to play at this level. The speed is is Gordon. It's 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 tremendous compared to what you what you faced in college. Depending on the level you played in college, and we always talk about Belichick. What's what's his what is his his deal? Right. He he looks at the opponent and takes something the big part away. Yes. You would think that if you have somebody like like Justin Fields, that you would take. Okay, what does he do really well? Mm-hmm. And let's highlight that. Now, I, yep. I get it. You don't want him to be just a running quarterback. You want him to develop his passing game. But it's almost like they've, they've now decided we're going to develop him as a passer come hell or high water. Yeah, don't run. And, and don't run at all. And that, yeah. what sense does that make? That's None. not the strength of his game. <laughs> it may be eventually down the road, mm-hmm. but you have to find those easy plays. And he is not just a good runner. He is a special runner. He is. He's a big physical guy. He can run away from people. And to remove that aspect of his game, it's it's gone about as well as you would figure it would. Yeah, it's true. And and multiple people have screwed him up. It's not mm-hmm. it's not just one person. Oh no. No, no. And it and, and he came into a bad situation as well. Yep. That's part of it usually too, but yeah, it's it's kind of hard to imagine that it could get this bad. His numbers: twenty-seven games. He's five and twenty-two. He's been sacked a hundred and one times. <sighs> Unbelievable. And that's with running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's fumbled thirty-one times. Yeah. And his completion percentage is under sixty percent. Twenty-six touchdowns, twenty-four interceptions. I mean, you know, it's it's it, it just it makes no sense that we gotta rush him out there. No, you don't. You don't. Have, uh, Buddha said it. Look what Andy Reid. Now, get it. I get it. You had Alex Smith. You were a playoff team. I understand. But still, Eli Manning, the, the Giants weren't a playoff team when Eli Manning was sitting on the bench and they put him in. They didn't exactly mm-hmm. brush him in right away. Nope. They took you a know, little sometime time. You have to be, because here's the bottom line the higher you were drafted as a quarterback, unless it's a rare exception, that means the team you're going to was pretty bad. <laughs> It was pretty bad. Probably don't have an offensive line. Probably don't have a lot of receivers. Probably don't have a lot. So it's going to take you some time, you know. And then if you're, uh, you know, a a great young quarterback who is treated to a brilliant coach like Urban Meyer, it could take you even longer. <laughs> you can waste an entire season. Just throw this thing away. You know. I mean, so that's what you look I mean, look at him. What a difference a coach makes in one year. Yep, it's immediate. Look at Trevor Lawrence now and look at how he's – he doesn't even look like the same kid. He doesn't look like the same quarterback under Urban Meyer and where he is now. We had people – for years, people were anticipating him getting drafted. Oh, who's going to get the pick when he when it's finally his turn to get the, yes. to be in the draft? Yeah. And within a year, people were like, well, maybe we got this wrong. Maybe he's not this. Maybe he's not that. And then they got rid of Urban Meyer. They brought in a, a, an actual NFL coach. And the conversation, 
wow, this Trevor Lawrence, he's growing by leaps and bounds. This is what we expected. Yeah. This is what we saw. All the, all the college analysts. This I told you he was mm-hmm. this. This is who we saw. I knew it was this. It was in there somewhere. But once again, it's about coaching. It's always about coaching, Gordon. It always is. And unfortunately, you know, as far as the Jets are concerned, they haven't had the right people to help coach up their quarterbacks. And it's been the same thing over and over again. And, you know, it's funny because some fans have said over the years, well, you know what? Since we can't draft our own quarterbacks, let's let's get somebody else's quarterback. Right. And that's what they did. They did with Fitzpatrick. Okay. They got 2015. They're they're a game, a win away from going to the postseason. Okay. Well, a really good year. 10 and 6, really good year. All right. And now this year they tried it again. They, they were should have had he not gotten hurt. Brett Favre gets somebody else's quarterback. Team goes well. They just they just have not been able. Think about this, Gordon. They have not been able to draft and have success with a quarterback of their own since Mark Sanchez. Yeah. It's Whose who's head coach at USC said he should stay a year. He's not ready to come out yet. Pete Carroll. It's been a long time. <laughs> Has been. I mean, 2015 is a long time ago. It is. And to think you got that close to the playoffs then and you've not really had a sniff no, since. No, haven't been close. The closest you got was the was last year. Yeah. Before the last month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the closest you've gotten. Yeah. They've won seven games twice since then. And one of them was with Adam Gase. Oh, how did Seven that and happen? nine. Oh. They have they won only, a bunch in a row. only finished out of last place once since then. It's not good. That's that Adam, that Adam Gase guy. They should bring him back. He's, no, he's no, no, no. That's okay. No, we're good. We're good. That Adam Gase. No, guy. we're good. We're good. We've seen the shark. We don't have bring to give him, him the back. water. Give him another shot. 